Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. A reminder: we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from two to three p.m. Make sure you find the Raptors show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review your sh- uh, our show. Uh, I'm your host William Liu, and I am joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, and also Sportsnet's new Raptors sideline reporter Savannah Hamilton. What's going on, people? What's up? Okay. Opening night. You excited? Very excited. Yeah, you know? I'm um, excited. We're gonna get the uh, the warm up report from what happened at shoot around. Oh, that's right. Right, but we have more important topics to get to, and uh, the specific instructions from you 30 seconds before the show started was that uh, you're supposed to be the one that's gonna quarterback this. So just uh, just go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, take over the the point guard reins. Yeah, we got Matt Devlin joining us in the second segment. So thrilled to have Savannah in studio with us we haven't even heard from savannah yet savannah what's up yo i'm good man i'm, I'm happy to be here we mm-hmm. have a new season ahead of us like it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be fun breaking yeah. down with you guys Sportsnet teammates now yeah i mean we're always teammates before this but well she she always reminds me she's like you know we're just friends right oh oh okay all right <laughs> this is what will says to me too really? a lot whenever i try to talk like business with him, I'm like, yo you know we're just friends right as well what do you mean yeah, yeah. Like, outside what, of work, we we're friends. Yeah. You know, you know, there's this game I've been playing recently when you put two friends, like, when you have two friends together, right? Yeah. And you both think of a number out of 10 yeah. of, like, where do you rank the friendship out of 10? And then you both say the number at the same time with the other person. We're not going to do this on air right now. I might do Wait, that with you. Uh, oh, Friday. no. I was like, can we? Come on, are we? <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes. Mm. Uh, we were going to talk about opening night, of course. Uh, yeah. Get excited for the season. But, you know, all three of us had a privilege of attending a Nick Nurse Foundation event on Monday featuring uh, just a wonderful set list. You know, new power generation, CK, Francesco Yates. I was surprised you knew a lot of the tunes there from like CK and some of these other artists. I mean, yeah. CK's huge, man. The ra- I feel yeah, like the I'm, rappers I'm just, are getting yeah. down to CK more than any other artist. I'm just artist, very so narrow when it comes to music. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but like if you saw them... You know, dancing. They were dancing more to CK than they were to Neo. Yes, I, I did notice a few players were very stoic. Yeah. During Neo. Yeah. But we'll okay. leave it. Well, at I that. guess we weren't stoic though. No. Oh was... no. So Neo was the headliner. Yeah. Yes. Um, and happy birthday to Neo as well. It was actually his birthday on Tuesday. <laughs> wow. Libra Great season. Research. Yeah. Shouts to all the Libras. Woo! And, I mean, man, just a wonderful event. Obviously, there's yeah. a lot of. Um, you know, there was an auction. There's some great items that were mm-hmm. auctioned off. You know, it was great seeing a lot of the players there to support mm-hmm. yep. coaching staff as well. Bobby Webster um, in a Paisley shirt. Uh, tried to ask him what brand it was, but he um, he knows I bring everything on air, so yeah. he's like, I can't I can't tell you. I think so. that's the way to establish strong relationships with GMs is if you leak every single conversation you ever have with them. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be very close to you and have a lot of conversations with you. This is just a good approach. Yeah, Bobby, hit me up, man. Uh, let's um, <laughs> let's try to grab lunch or something off, <laughs> yeah. off the record. Asian mafia. of course. But Savannah, man, you that know works. we'll start with you. I, I know you were front and center as well with us. You know at, at the uh, quote unquote Neo concert. Yeah. To close the evening, uh, what what were your thoughts on, on the event? Well, I mean, obviously, like, I, I was not playing it cool whatsoever. I tried for, like, a half second, and I'm like, nah, like, middle school Sav is coming out right now. <laughs> He's He started off the night with, like, Miss Independent. I'm yep. like, he started strong. That's my favorite song. I'm like, I thought that was going to be, like, the closing song. No, nah, he wasn't playing games. No. no. 
He came out with like the songs that he wrote. So sick because of you. Yeah. And then he went into Mario, let yeah. me love you. He Be- did a couple Beyonce songs. Because he wrote yep. those ones is yeah. what he was saying. He's like, yo, I wrote to the like the the irreplaceable. Yeah. Yep. I was yep. like, you did not write that. I wasn't but, familiar with this game. Me neither. I really wasn't familiar with <laughs> this game. You guys are talking like about I didn't know like he was Christian a player Martin. and a coach. <laughs> didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know who Neil is? Neil's Jimmy Butler, man. Oh, facts. Like, you put Why? up the stats, he's pure clutch, man. Like, mm-hmm. he, he can put his stats up with anybody in his okay. generation. Okay, wow. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Will? I, I had a great time. I mean, I, I filmed, like, most of the concert because yeah. I, I felt like it was important for me to share that with other people. Uh, and when I was listening back to the recording, I realized that my voice had gone, like, just completely shot. And so I kind of sounded like DMX singing uh, Let Me Love You. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. We Maybe might play I it. just don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> we might, it was tough. We might play that on Friday. You know, Stay tuned. It's funny because I do the same thing, right? We we record our concerts, the ones that we're thrilled to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. And we think that we're going to play it back to our friends and family until we realize that nobody wants to watch a concert on your phone they and can listen just, to they you. They can just go on, go on go Spotify, on YouTube go on Apple, whatever they want. Just listen to the want. real thing yeah. without your backup vocals yes. in it, you know? Yeah, yes. Adding the not-so-harmony Yeah, verses. but those videos for ourselves. I went home, I was laying in bed just going through all the <laughs> Me videos. Me too. CK made <laughs> eye contact then, with my video. And then downloaded a couple yeah, Neil playlists. That's what we're talking about. And uh-huh. then started debating with people oh, like yeah. Will Lou in the DMs. I'm like, yo, if Neo did a versus with Usher... I think Neo's coming out the winner. No, no, come on, man. I think Neo's coming out the winner. Yo. Savannah. I'll show okay. a different level. Nah, it's a Neo thing still. What? It's a mm, Neo thing still. What? Yeah, I was thinking wow. about this. I'm like, do I have a recency bias? Would I have said this if I just didn't go to a Neo concert? I'm like, nah, honestly. Like, don't get me wrong. Usher has my boo. Uh-huh. He has... OMG, he is in the club. I used to play in the club all the time, yeah. right? Bro, Confessions, like there's the, so many. Like pure bangs. one so of the best many. albums of all time. Yes. So all many. time, man. But I'm just saying, Neil is very slept on. Yeah. All, all the songs that he knowing, replaces you with the letter U. Knowing yeah. that, oh, see, that's what like you know is real. Yeah. But now knowing that Neil wrote all those songs too, I'm like, okay, he just put himself in a different category. He's like a Bruno well, Mars category. This is, this is the thing though. This is like counting Steve Kerr's championships as a coach and a player. It is. Why not? That's great. <laughs> Why not? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make him the best Talent. basketball person of all time. No. Do you not count all of Nick Nurse's British Basketball League successes when you talk about his resume? I do I, when I talk to him face to face. But now that he's not here, I would I would say no. <laughs> that's the ghost. That's the that's the ghost writing. You know, right there. You know, you got to okay. put in work exactly. overseas. You got to put in work in the NBA and the G League. I would say the ghost writing was that Dwayne Casey coach of the year actually. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Huh. Let's just stick to music. Um. So I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that, a lot of that was Nick. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I, I think I think two two out of three of us are in agreement that Neo is the most underrated yeah, artist. Yeah, make a poll in the chat of our generation. No, 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 no. It's yeah. Usher, man. Usher is undefeated. Yeah. Also, better dancer. That's well, not even debatable. Hmm. Neo had some moves. Neo had some moves. Neo had some moves too. But, yeah, but I I think moves. I would have to overall agree with that Usher probably is the better dancer. Mm. Anyways, you know, um, the, the whole point of this actually is, you know, shouts to the Nick Nurse Foundation. Absolutely. Another wonderful event. Everybody should go to nicknursefoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And if you want to donate to the different causes um, that he has, there's a donate button at the top. So everybody should check that out. And yep. and, and three stars. Yep. Um, you know, Will likes to do his three stars post game. You know, three stars for me, number one was oh, definitely Neil. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah of uh, number two was the short ribs. Um, you know, the, the catering was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty um, good. In the building. And number three, shout to our guy Tim Chung. Yeah, that's so. a Tim Chung man. Hey. Yeah, Gerald Henderson Award, CK. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay. I like that. Yeah, so that's so opening it. night. Oh right. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Raptors all had a great time there. It was, really, it was really cute, man. It was really cute seeing everyone there. Toronto Raptors. Savannah Hamilton was at shoot around today. So the report yesterday, uh, Ken Burch is out 
for the opener. He's got swelling in his non-surgically repaired knee. Chris Boucher, still questionable, Savannah? Yep. Okay, so Chris Boucher, questionable. Malachi Flynn is in the Raptors exercise, the fourth-year option on his contract today. I believe they did all the housekeeping, right? Like on Scotty, Scotty. Precious as well, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So any surprises there, Will? No, 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 not that big of a surprise. Um, I think Malachi hasn't played enough necessarily to think that he was like a super lock to have the fourth-year option picked up, but it was one of those things where like, you know, to be blunt about it, the price is right. Like, to, to get mm. a contract for, like, $3 million on your books for a player who you know that if Fred was out and another point guard was out and you need a Malachi to come in there and, and give you 25 minutes of steady play against, like, an Orlando or Detroit, he could probably do that for you. Like, that's 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 decent. And, of course, like, yeah, you see a little bit more potential there long time. You, you kind of keep it around. But, uh, I mean, look, listen, you, don't, you just don't want to be in a scenario where – um, you don't pick up a very, very affordable option, and then that player breaks out. Then you look really silly. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the, you know what? You got come on. Malachi's been working hard. He's been, you know, putting in a lot of work. We'll see if that translates necessarily to encore production this this following season. I think stylistically, his uh, his 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 size doesn't necessarily fit the team. But um, yeah, I mean, oh. again, it's like three million dollars. You heard what Fred said this morning? Yeah. What was the quote? Oh, it was great. So like one of the reporters in the room was just asking Fred, uh, oh, you know, like, how do you fit in or how do you feel next to your teammates that are all, like, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, and he was like, yeah, I feel like the, uh, the ugly stepkid. <laughs> he, yeah. He's like, I'm 6'9 in my heart, though. <laughs> Which I was like, you know what? We love the honesty. We love the honesty. Yeah, that's but what, that's what Masai said, too, at the, at the end of your presser last year. Because there was a lot of questions about how, like, oh, how does Fred fit into, like, your yeah. roster construction plan? And he's like, Fred is 6'9", like, here. Like, he, like, pointed yeah. to his heart and stuff. And then he said, "We're here to win." Mm. Yeah, so you guys are cool. describing him like he's Stuart Little or something. No, I have I have a meme in my head right now. No, man, Fred's my short king, man. Shout to Joseph Casharo as by well, the way, though. The, by the official measurements were were put out by the NBA um, this year, yeah. and these are these are measurements in socks, which is so funny to me that they measurements just, in socks. Yeah, they specifically said these are people wearing socks and their measurements, and Fred was actually confirmed to be six foot. Okay. So all the photographed evidence of me standing beside him <laughs> and being substantially taller than him Interesting. is not apparently proof. I no, he know. was on the three pairs of that Uniqlo wool socks, man. Uh, <laughs> what socks are we talking about here? It's, he's wearing a Christmas stocking. No, he tripled up. <laughs> Yo, facts. It's like it's uh, cold in there. Oh, uh, man. No, but speaking of Malachi, too, though, you know, Savannah, I know when we talked last week, um, you know, had you on the podcast, you know, yeah. we preview, we talked, you talk really highly of Delano yep. Banton, and I know... Um, I think in general, people just watching the preseason have been mm-hmm. really high on Delano. Like, yep. look, where do you, what role do you see Delano playing like this year for this team? I don't know. This is the part where you're trying to get me to say backup point guard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's it's a it's a Leading battle question. between um, Malachi, a little bit for the seniority reasons, of course, because he was drafted before Delano and he's put in so much work in the off season and he's kind of cut from the, a similar mold as Fred VanVleet. He's not the tallest point guard. He's Maybe he has that six nine heart, but not mm. exactly a you know stacking up the socks either. Um, but then you see Delano, who is six nine, who has so much more confidence just going into the season, and it's just really hard to deny that. Mm. I think yeah. like no offense to Malachi, like he has he brings a different element to the game. He has a great pick and roll um, like scenarios. He, he reads that really well. But if you look at Delano, the way he plays, like he's he stops, he starts, he changes direction, but he also finds the passing lanes and like seamlessly like delivers the ball as if he is like a shorter point guard. But then you're like, wait a minute, this kid's 6'9". 
and he's like he's still young i don't know his exact age range off the top of my head but like mm-hmm. he uh he, he he's just like there's one play i think it was against the celtics i want to say like the first game against the celtics in the preseason where he was coming down the floor and it looked like he was so lackadaisical with the ball like he's yeah. just coming down the the lane and then next you know he turns it to a gear out of the blue and dunks it like immediately slams yeah. it yeah and i was like whoa where did that come from like yeah so you see like clips and highlights like that and you think like okay this guy has a ton of potential and he has the stature mm-hmm. that we haven't really seen in a point guard mold in a long time. Yeah, well what I want to ask with that uh, is like in preseason I thought there's that last game against Boston which obviously both games against Boston went overtime so both games were close, right? Um last minute of that game. I, I know it's preseason but it's still it's like people are competing pretty hard in, in the last preseason game and it's very tight. Delano, in, in about a two-minute stretch, hit, like, two crossovers into pull-up jumpers. And they look very smooth. They look very effortless. Um, and you having seen him up close at the 905 level repeatedly, is that something that he's shown at that level? And is that something you think can translate? Because to me, it's like, if he has a counter, because obviously everyone's going to try to play him the drive. Mm-hmm. If he has a counter for that little quick crossover into, like, a mid-range jumper, mm-hmm. especially when guys are sagging back off of him, that's an open shot for him mm-hmm. that he can get to a lot. And if he can hit that consistently, then then that's where you think about, like, those Sean Livingston sort of comparisons that pe- sort of people put on him originally. Because Sean had a great mid-range totally. pull right, as a counter. So I was going to say, are you thinking more, like, in a three-point sense or, like, in a no, mid-range? Like, I you mean, want him to be consistent in the mid-range? I think pull-up th- three-point shooting is not something that's going to be in his arsenal I don't think so either. or even even long-term. But I would I think, say Malachi might be the better shooter of the two yeah, of them. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. But I, I think, like, for him, I mean, if he's going to score a little bit and go to the basket, he's got to have that little crossover mid-range pull-up at least. And I yeah. thought I, I saw a little bit of that. In preseason, so I'm trying to ask. I was like, going to say, I, I think he has that actually already in his arsenal. I just don't think we see it a whole lot. I think because, okay. like, when he's with the the big club, like, he's more of a facilitator. He doesn't need to be the primary scorer. Sure. Um, yeah. But I agree with you. If depends on which level do we want to see uh, Delano go to, right? Is he going to be, like, hey, down the road in the conversation of, you know, maybe most improved or in the future, like he, like I said, he has all the tools to potentially be maybe someday an all-star even mm-hmm. like I'm talking down the road though. Not this season guys. I'm not, it's not a hot take. Yeah. Um, clip but like that. Clip yeah, that clip right, that now. right now, run it back. No. Um, but it's for now the role that he's in, he has way too many offensive options for him to be the first one. Yeah. So yes, it would be nice to have a counter. Of course you always want to be a scoring threat, mm-hmm. but at the same time he doesn't need one. Cause him getting to the rim, well, you're not going to leave him open. So, you, of course, you're going to collapse on him. And then when you collapse on him, open kick out to somewhere else. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I'm excited. Delano was definitely, like, the highlight of preseason for me. Yeah, for me as well. Um, you watched one game of So, preseason. anyways, there's a wonderful, um, you know, the real games are finally starting this week. Uh, you <laughs> know, fair. great matchup between the Sixers and Celtics yesterday. Nice to see, you know, James Harden cross up uh, Marcus Smart and then shimmy his way into an air ball. Yes. Um, the Sixers are like how my dad felt about me growing up. Like every year, he's like, "This year, you won't be a disappointment. Like, <laughs> this year, you're gonna put it all together. You know, you're gonna Sixers you're gonna go to Joel. the yeah. Um, you know, oh damn, I take <laughs> damn, I take. Um, Honestly, yes, by the way, it's just Joel one game. Last night, okay? I mean, I know he put up thirty, I think, or close to, but yeah. uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of falling over, a lot of uh, trying to break Marcus Smart's arm. And, yeah, I don't know. I just love rooting for players uh, on their downfall when they try to break people's arms. Oh, my God. In in, in opening night, <laughs> off a rebound. I shouldn't have mentioned the Sixers. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't and, think any Raptor fan and likes And then the Golden State Warriors beat the uh, Adelaide 36ers. Oh. A.K.A. the oh, L.A. Lakers. Man. Come on, right? man. 
You know what? We should you know what? We should put a ban on doing season prediction coverage until we've had a chance to see each team play one regular season. Yes, game. I totally agree with this. I was watching yeah. the Lakers yesterday and I'm like, oh my God. Like all respects to LeBron, especially everything he's done to this city. Um, but like I'm like, damn, uh-huh. this team could be like twenty and sixty two. Uh-huh. I don't think they will be, but like and they were playing the Warriors fair, but I'm looking at that roster, Savannah, and I'm like, what's the path for them to being good? For the Sixers, for the LA Lakers, like which which team? The Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah, like it's there's just like youth? there's nothing on that roster. A fountain of youth. That would be that would help. Yeah. It would be the first step. Um, mm, I mean, I just feel for LeBron at this point. Like, I, I mean, what was his style? Like, he had thirty points as well. And like thirty something minutes. Yeah, I think I like thirty one fourteen and eight or something. Yeah, like he's gonna have an MVP. Impactful thirty. That's an impactful thirty Listen, right there. Le- LeBron's gonna have an MVP stat line again, and they're gonna be barely scratching the top three again. Like they're not. It's it's just unfortunate until Bronny is in the league where LeBron can actually play with him and get that chip off his shoulder. He's gonna continue to play at still like a relatively high level, but he doesn't have the teammates to support as much as he did, you know, back in his prime, like. Heat days, yo. Yeah, well, you know, speaking to that, uh, did you watch number 37 on the Lakers yesterday? You uh, know who, do you know? Did, I'll give you $5 right now if you know who wears number 37 for the Lakers. Matt Ryan? Okay, I, I owe you five bucks. All right, oh, my you. God. So, Matt Ryan. Two not, hot dogs at the arena tonight. They're free in the media room. You know that. <laughs> we back, baby. Um, <laughs> I'm the lethal weapon. I do not finish <laughs> second. I forgot about that one. Anyway, great. Matt ben Ryan, uh, not, the, not the quarterback. Yeah. Who used to play for Atlanta. For the Atlanta, yeah. For the Atlanta Falcons. For the Atlanta. <laughs> for the okay. Atlanta. This is the yeah. Raptors show, not an NFL show or any other sports show. Yes. Um, the story about him, he's one of the coolest stories in the league. He really grinded his way to the league and at one point was a food delivery driver. Yes, I remember this. And I was like, this is an awesome story. Yeah. And then I was watching the game last night and LeBron was driving and kicking and hitting <laughs> it out to the Uber Eats driver, and he was missing. And then he oh, was also man. being targeted by Steph Curry, like over and over and over again. Yeah, on defense. And I was thinking, this can't be the way LeBron's career ends. It won't be. Matt Ryan's got your order. Whenever he's on the way, like that can't be it, man. Whenever LeBron, all due respect to food delivery whenever drivers, LeBron's very essential been, workers. Whenever but. LeBron's been in an adverse situation, this is adverse. This is not versus Toronto in the conference finals. I don't know, man. LeBron yeah. ordered the roster off his phone. Anyways. Gonna- Couple of more. Put the Uber Eats order in now, right now. Oh, damn. Matt's right. going to be here. Matt's going to oh, show man. up. Our <laughs> no. Raptors. So, you guys, there's this wonderful uh, Raptors roundtable you can read on sportsnet.ca with Will Lou, Savannah Hamilton, Michael Grange, Steve Long, and Blake Murphy. Mm. So, wanted to run through a couple of these. Yeah, let's do it. With, with you guys. Absolutely. So, Pascal, Pascal has said that he wants to be a top five player. He mm-hmm. came out and said it on Media Day. Um, what steps does he have to take to get closer to that goal, Savannah? Oh, what did I write again? <laughs> no. I could um, just read these. I know. I wrote I wrote this like yesterday. Um, but top five player is very ambitious. I'll say that first and foremost. So kudos to him for having that goal. I think he's like all-star. Psh. So let's be a top five player in the league instead. Uh, all-star is not good enough apparently. So, um, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's taking that on. Um, if I was to look at his game, I think the biggest thing that he has to just be at this point is consistent. Um, it's consistent, continue to find creative ways to get to the rim, make plays. Um, and what would really throw his game like over the top, and I don't know if this is going to be a true factor in his arsenal this season. This is kind of a bit of a, a teller, but can he have a bit of a three-point shot? Like, can he 
add more of a three-point threat to his game because then when he starts dropping more consistently 25s, 30s, even having maybe the odd 40-point night, okay, okay, you are in the conversation. Let's see like three of those games straight. Then we'll talk. I mean, just if, if a player averaged like 26 points, nine rebounds, and, and six assists on a 55-win uh, team, would you call him a, a top five player? Yeah, are you gonna tell me this was uh, Pascal's numbers? No, like, no, no, no. After what, what, I mean, no, 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 it's not. I mean, I'm just saying, like, what, would you would you consider that a yeah, top five player? Yeah, like, oh, he'll be in the consideration. The thing is, top five is like it's it's very difficult because you could be like Steph, yeah, LeBron, KD, Giannis, KD, Kawhi, Joel, you, Jokic, yeah, Luca. Like, you know, it's, you it's, could go 15. Uh, probably yeah, go no, 15 the, players. The, the players yeah. are really good, but the thing is, like, to me, like that's his sort of path. Is like, can he just add a few more? points to his game because actually he has the other aspects down. I think he plays the defensive end really strong. He's obviously able to set up his teammates. Probably could do that even a little bit more. Uh, just depends on how much he has the ball, which I think he's going to have it a lot this season. But it's like, can he add, like what David Thorpe said on the show yesterday, can he add like two or three more points just on free throws alone? Because he plays a lot in the paint. Can he draw some more fouls, right? Yeah. Get a little bit more efficient on that end. He was already shooting 50% from the field last year, which is pretty good. But, you know, as Savannah said, you added one more three to your game. Yeah, one more three, you hit two more free throws, you're at 27 points per game. Mm -hmm. You tell me a player with 27, 9, and 6, which is a realistic average for him this year. It's probably the upper end. But, and and if the Raptors are a top two team in the Eastern Conference, which I think, again, that's probably their upper end in terms of their potential, yeah, you could you could talk yourself into that mix. Like, you know, when people talk about Jason Tatum entering that mix, it's sort of the same sort of formula, right? Mm. Um it's ambitious, but why not set goals? I, I don't. I, I like. I actually admire that about Pascal. I think people probably still have lingering doubts. That's fair. I don't think he like looks as visually smooth. Let's say as even a guy like Jason Tatum. But I think the effectiveness on the court uh, shows up in the box score. And again, if they translate to wins, then that's how you get yourself in those combos. He did tell me, um, even like last season, going into it, uh, coming off the shoulder surgery, that like I asked him, and this is when he was coming off that awful Tampa season, right? Yeah. Um, he was like. Yeah, my mentality completely changed going into this season, right, this last year. And I was like, okay, what's changed? He's like, I'm setting goals now. I was like, okay. Oh, and okay. then he said to me at one point, he's like, why can't I be an MVP? And I was like, Pascal. I'm like, this was, again, coming off a bad Tampa season, right? Mm -hmm. But since that conversation last year, how much growth we've seen in the second half of the season, especially yep. in his game to now it's like, you know, he's not that far off base. And putting himself in the top five position – would put him in an MVP conversation. Totally. Yeah. No, and I think, I think you guys bring up a good point, too, when it comes to, like, talking about the, these individual players. I think David Thorpe said this yesterday, too. I mean, he also said, um, you know, he also suggested an OG and an OB for Terry Rozier. Hey, listen, trade, man. Which, we, which you can discuss with Blake Murphy tomorrow. Look, we, 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 yeah. love, we love Coach David Thorpe. We love Coach Thorpe. We, we, everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, I disagree with that take. That's all. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it was like in the last minute um, of, of the yeah, show before yeah. you had to, you yeah, know, leave right. and push back. Roger is nice, though. I like Roger. Yeah, talk He'd about be a nice trade candidate for uh, a lot of teams, actually. Yeah, shout out to Brown. No, but David Thor was saying, like, when you talk about how Pascal and Scotty and these players can improve and where they can be, it's like so much of it is just dependent on the team being successful as well, right? Yeah. Like, Pascal could put up the same numbers, but if the Raptors are a play-in team versus if they're a number two seed, mm -hmm. it's a whole different conversation of how people talk about him. Yeah, he's not LeBron. I mean, <laughs> LeBron could put up 27, uh, six, eight, and nine or whatever. ESPN put up a graphic of LeBron seed. in all his different jerseys yesterday. I'm like, how many LeBrons are we covering okay, this year? But I thought it was a little bit... Uh, 
I mean, shouldn't be surprising, but I thought it was still a little bit rude that the Raptors didn't have a single highlight in that NBA opening night. Oh, they weren't included? They were not. A surprise. Yeah. Were not included again, the- which was actually pretty sick because they did a That's So Raven like throwback mashup. Oh, they yeah. Mixed it with. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. The, that's not one. Okay. One I wasn't paying attention to see I, if the Raptors were. I mean, I was. Excluded. I had to watch it back twice because like I was like, oh, this is catchy. And then like, wait, yeah. wait, wait, like, wait, see this. Was there any Raptors highlights in this? Yeah. I, I didn't are, catch are they any. even on ESPN this year? Probably once against Kyle. Maybe. Yeah. That's, I guess we should know that. But I, I, if I had to guess, it would be less than five. Yeah. Over, Damn. under. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, under. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot of excitement about Pascal and, and Scotty. Yeah, of course. I mean, again, I think the thing is just like, it's important for the team to win. I think if everyone stays healthy, they play defense at an elite level. Like, I think the realistic goal for the Raptors should be top five defensively and then slightly above league average offensively. Let's say like 11th or 12th. Um, guys stay healthy. Like... I, this is a 50-plus win team. Um, and, yeah, and then after that, Pascal being what he does in terms of his importance to the team, and then Scotty making a jump and all, all the excitement about him, and also just his his natural talent, man. Like, he, he just, he's so gifted. Um, they'll get their, they'll get the rewards and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Savannah, before we let you run, um, we're in agreement, Raptors, 50-plus wins? Oh, yeah. This season? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They got 48 right. last season. Excited. We better win tonight, then. Yeah. Start off strong. We better see Pascal have uh, another great performance. Remember last year, Pascal had a great performance against the Cavs at the end of the season. It was a must-win. Yes, they were one back in the plane, I believe. And uh, what did he do? Uh, 35 points, 12 of 20 shooting, 6 of 7 from 3. Damn. That's what we need to see every night if it's a top-five player. Okay, all right. Hey. <laughs> I, I, just, I just need to see wins. Wraps by 40 tonight. No, come on, man. I said this last year before they played the Wizards okay. opening night. Such a jinx, man. And all I got was a Lupe Fiasco concert. Yeah. <laughs> well, think... you got a Neo concert this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, we're so. up in the game. Up, up Things the are looking up. I want to, I want Missy Elliott at the Nick Nurse Foundation event Ooh. next year. Yeah. Forgot to mention uh, Cardinal Fischel was there, too. Cardinal yes. Fischel was there, too. Cardinal as well. Played a nice set. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, fun fact, Neo is, has some Chinese lineage. Yes. It, yes. That explains everything. Yep. Happy another, Asian Heritage Month. Secret Blasian. That yeah. explains I love everything. That. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. His, his dad is half. Yeah. Well, so Asian dad. Segway. Yo, where, Derek? How man, deep need, is your bag? Derek, send me a list of this, man. I need to know what's coming, man. All it's right. set up right now. All right, Savannah, really appreciate you joining us in the studio. Look forward to having you obviously join us throughout the season and seeing you at the arena and seeing you on Sportsnet. Congratulations. Uh, all the Raptors broadcast. Thank you. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Hey. There you go. Birthday month. All right. It's a good spot for us. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Will Lou. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Liu. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong in studio. And then we're also joined by Raptors play-by-play announcer Matt Devlin, a.k.a. the Vibes Coordinator of the Raptor Show. Uh, Alex put this in the rundown. Uh, Matt, are you happy to accept Vibes Coordinator? I, I, can, uh, I can go there. Whatever you guys decide is, is good. I know you already have an ambassador. Mm, you know, I think right. I'm just, I don't know, Vibes or if it's just, you know, I'm here to, you know, possibly provide a little bit of sanity to your thoughts, you know, late at night, you know, when you start to go (laughs) a little bit left, when really it's one of 82. 
Uh-huh. But I'm I'm here for that as well. You okay. know, the vibes, the to make sure that you make it through your second season, you know, under the <laughs> that is umbrella goal. of the the Raptors show, because we know sometimes you just get, you know, mm. you know. Well, I mean, I, I think uh, we we might have to rebrand that. He could be like the Thad Young of the show. That's <laughs> that's Thad Young's role on the bench. He's just like, look, listen, it's not about me. Yeah. I want Precious to just take good shots. All right. That's the only time I'm gonna pass to you, Precious, is when you got an opportunity to shoot. You know, but I, I've been I've been growing more then. appreciative of Thad over the years. Well, he's a tremendous vet and pro. Yeah, and he is selfless. Mm-hmm. And you don't. And I think a lot of fans saw his uh, video this summer that went viral. Yep, yep. Uh, talking to the um, AAU uh, program that I believe he's a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. you know, in, in, at the end of the day, he's 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 right. Yeah. You know, uh, he puts in the work. He's 16 years in this league. That says so much about who he is, right, as an individual. And we talk at the beginning of, you know, the training camp about the depth of this team. Uh, He's an integral piece to that. And unfortunately, you begin game one where some of the depth isn't there that you will need as the season kind of progresses. So uh, he's, he's a key part. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that is maybe the other takeaway from preseason because I think a lot of talk was the, the continuity, right? Like you're bringing back yeah, the exact huge. same top it's nine. Huge. But I think that the depth of the team, Loki has gotten a lot better. I remember at times last season, I'm thinking specifically like January, Nick was going to a seven-man rotation. Like mm-hmm. it was like, Chris, it's going to off the bench. Precious will come off the bench and the starters will play 40 minutes and we're going to have to get these wins against really tough teams, right? Uh, Miami, I think, was the, the standout game where they played 50-plus minutes. One in triple overtime, an incredible game. Yep. I think they have more bench depth, and I think Thad was a big addition last year at the deadline. I think it's going to be even better for him this year. And then seeing guys like Delano step up a little bit as well, Otto, when he's healthy, brings that shooting. Do you see a, a deeper bench and maybe Nick being more willing to, to go to that second unit? Well, I'm going to say this, that in theory, all of that sounds great. Okay. Right? You hit me with the theory. I, I, yes. I, I don't have this. This is like your end uh, review vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, in theory, this is all great. <laughs> be a part of um, a team that has a little bit more depth and Pascal play less minutes. And so, uh, sorry for cutting out there, That's all good. Um, technical difficulties already. And I think you're doing that to me on purpose. Oh. Well, no, um, you know, the, in, in theory, it's, it's great, right? They're going to play less minutes, yep. but until the ball goes up in the air, uh, how, how, how do you know? And, Already, Otto Porter is not starting the season healthy. Yep. So that's one, you know, person that's not there. Hernan Gomez is another addition, right? And I think Nick mentioned this in the preseason, and I agree with him. In today's NBA, you need 10 deep, Yeah. right? Yeah. Now, there's going to be a given moment within a game where you're going to ride the players that you trust. You have seven, you're going seven, and that is natural. Unnatural maybe in today's NBA, but... When I started first in the league in 1999, that was certainly prevalent. The other piece to that is this, that you get to a certain point of the season when you say, okay, Pascal, you want to be all NBA. Fred, you want to be an all-star. In order to accomplish those two things, what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. We need to win. Yeah. What gives us the best opportunity to win? Well, Raptor fans know more minutes for Fred, more minutes for Pascal. And and so that's obviously out there. 
The big piece to me is this, going into this year. OG Ananobi, the most games that he's ever played is his rookie campaign, 74 games. Mm. You love OG. I love OG. We all love OG. OG, his growth has been tremendous. It's been tremendous year in and year out. They were 31-17 and with him on the court last year in the 48 games in which he played. Can he play 65 to 70 games? And if he can play 70 games, but certainly within the framework of 65 to 70, that goes a long way. We saw the other night against Boston. Granted, it's preseason. Pascal wasn't on the court. We know that OG has that ability, Mm -hmm. right, to take that to the next level. By the way, against a very good Boston team, and I – saw them twice, you know, during the preseason and for significant periods of time, as both of you know, they, they were playing their guys, right? So um, that kind of, to me, as we begin game one of what is an extremely difficult seven game stretch here Mm -hmm. to begin the season, really important, right? Like, you know, um, let's see what happens. Yes. Delano Banton. uh, I mean, this is just year two, yeah. and I really am impressed by him and what he was able to do. Canada basketball in the summertime helped. So I'm, I'm really excited to see all this unfold over the course of 82 games. Okay. <laughs> this is a great reminder. No, no, <laughs> the reminders are, are very... Uh... People don't know, like, Matt actually, you know, Matt's obviously been so generous and so kind, supportive yeah. of the show, and when he's got time before games at the arena, like, he will go up to Will during the season <laughs> and like, give him that reminder. He's like... One he, of 82. That like, this is just one of 82. Like you yeah. see this watch right here? It says it's January 5th. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Indiana Pacers. And, uh, On a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you uh, can you just maybe calm down if TJ McConnell has one steal in the backcourt, you know? Uh, no, but, I think but Matt, the answer is no. No, I think, Matt, you bring, <laughs> you bring up a lot of good points, like, with players like OG, Delano, and there's probably others we haven't mentioned, like an Otto Porter yeah. and even Gary Trent Jr. I think that's why people are so excited about this team because there are so many, quote-unquote, like X-factors and breakout candidates. And I know you talked about seeing them in preseason. I want to know, too, what was it like? Obviously, you were traveling around to these different places across yeah. the country. We were watching on TV and just seeing the energy uh, of the crowds. Mm. Like, what was that like, that experience, like, in the preseason for you? Well, it was great to be back and do that, right? The last time uh, was Quebec City for... Uh, preseason, and then the team went to Japan. Um, so to be back uh, out in in the community with respect, and when I say community, I mean, you know, all of Canada, the basketball community is tremendous. You know, going to Victoria, uh, sitting in, watching practices, and then um, heading to Edmonton where they sold out in 20 minutes. What a tremendous building. Yeah, okay. Unbelievable setup. The uh, hotel next door, uh, to Rogers place is <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, like it is a first class setup. I would imagine there'll be other NBA games there. Hmm. Uh, just okay. a great vibe. Can I tell you the amount of people that, uh, we spoke to, I met, uh, that came from, you know, all throughout, uh, not only Alberta, but Saskatchewan and Manitoba to come see the Raptors. And then, you know, Montreal is Montreal. It's always fun to be back there. Uh, that building sold out. They sold out again. I think it was like <laughs> yep. in short order, right? Uh, the crowd was in it. Um, it's it just 
Uh, you know, I love it. I, you know, it's one of the things in the the preseason that I really look forward to mm-hmm. is finding out where the team is going to end up, you know, having training camp and then where are the games played and, you know, whether it's Halifax or whether it's been Ottawa, right? Uh, going to Montreal, going to Edmonton, you know, Calgary years ago, Winnipeg years ago, um, you know, it's in Vancouver, you know, obviously a favorite. It's, it's, uh, it's always great to see. Yeah, no doubt. I think, I, I don't know. This was a, Slightly before my time as an NBA fan, um, but I I, th- I I was remembering the story about how there was supposed to be LeBron's preseason debut was supposed to be in like St. John's. Yeah, or yeah, the 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 ice the court. Too slippery, yeah, right? the court. The court yeah. Too slippery. Yeah, that would have been wild. LeBron yeah. making his debut yeah. in Canada. I mean, very first season of the Raptors. Yeah, you know they did their preseason first ever game was in Halifax, mm-hmm. and they're around the country as well. So it's wow. cool to see. You know see a lot them. about it. Are you writing a book? So it's R- cool. <laughs> So it's cool to see them. That's why I'm, that's why I'm only here twice a week. Just kidding, Sportsnet. Um, no, but yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> wow. How do you have that? How do, what's how? going on, man? How do you have that? No, but I think it's really cool because going from like an expansion team to, to what we know about the Raptors and the popularity of them now, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the enthusiasm is honestly amazing. I know it gets talked about a lot, um, you know, you know, being Canada's team and all that, and people debate that. But I mean, seeing those crowds, just like that Montreal, I'm so glad solidifies they gave them an it. Game. Yeah, it solidifies yeah. it. it. It goes, you know, there's so many different, you know, number one, you know, go back to the GM survey. What did they say, right? You know, Jack, myself, Alvin, we all say it all the time. People go, are you just saying it? I'm like, no, it's the best fan base in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And in part because we do represent a country and that's what really makes it special as well as unique. Um, and it, it, I go back to, you know, 2019 when the Raptors, uh, you know, won the title and, and thinking about what, what am I going to say? And that's why I came up with Canada. The NBA title is yours because yeah. it, it, it encompasses, you know, everybody, all the basketball fans, the game continues to grow, you know, 22 Canadians, right. Begin, uh, you know, this NBA season, I'm going to count Chris Boucher. So that makes it 23. Uh, they weren't counting Chris. He's listed from Saint Lucia. Correct. Yeah. Right, um, Lucia. With a connection to Canada, so I, you know, I would put him in that. That's twenty-three. So outside of the United States, Canada, that's going to continue to grow, as we all know. Mm-hmm. We we know the women's game as well is growing. It's yep. it's you know it's been unbelievable. Yeah. Well, um, thinking about the game tonight, um, I think one of the, the the popular subplots of last season was Scotty Barnes versus Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in the same rookie class, drafted back to back, third for Evan, fourth for Scotty. Um, do you see this as like an ongoing rivalry that can kind of go on for years, or do you sort of see that as sort of like that was the rookie of the year race, but then we kind of move, uh, 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 you know, past that? Because I kind of actually really enjoyed this debate last year. Yeah, no, I think that it's something that will more than likely um, carry over. If the teams continue to be, and I think what adds to it is that you had, and you mentioned earlier about the game, you know, with the Pascal against Cleveland, you have a Cleveland Cavaliers team with high expectations, right? So, you know, if these were two teams that weren't considered playoff caliber teams, then no, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's a subplot and you have that kind of, but what makes it really intriguing is that you have the Toronto Raptors that both of you are predicting are going to win more than 50 games, yep. right? They won 48 last year. You have Cleveland, J.B. Bickerstaff, give him an immense amount of credit for getting this team back into, you know, that playoff conversation. And and certainly an organization that feels as though their time is now, otherwise you don't go out and, and get a deal uh, done um, to bring in Donovan Mitchell. And then you just think about the Eastern Conference. Hmm. 
and you think about how many nights there's going to be these tremendous subplots. Yeah. Right? I mean, you go to Brooklyn, and we got that. And then yeah, you go to Miami, there, you and... Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, that to me is probably going to be the number one story Absolutely. on Friday night. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, clearly you go to Miami, and but there's so many great mm-hmm. Eastern Conference teams. Uh, to me, it's extremely intriguing. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the I, I think... It's it's fun to always think back on that because if that draft from last year is is going to go down as one of the more like memorable drafts, right? When we think back to like 03 or like uh, 84, is that is that yeah, the one? 84. Why are you looking at me and I'm mad too? Okay, yeah, we're no. 20 when that happened. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but like if, if that's the case, like people think back on those little debates, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, who should have been where and whatever. And yeah. you think about it, it's like if the Raptors had the third pick, if they moved one more slot up, what would the Raptors have done with that pick? Would they still have gone Scotty? Right. Or and honestly, if the Cavs could have had that pick back, would they go Scotty over Evan? But well, I think both teams are probably happy with what they got. I mean, yeah, clearly, and, they're both very talented players. Right. And here's the other thing to me that is extremely important in all of that discussion, and and that is this: that both of those players went to, and certainly more so Toronto, because the team that won 2019, and 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 we know what the Tampa. Uh, Raptors, you know, I mean, we understand all the hurdles and obstacles that they went through. And as Masai Ujiri said, even when we're losing, we're winning because you get Scotty Barnes. But you think about players that are lottery picks, that go to organizations that don't have a great group around them. They don't have an established development model, all those sort of things. And it it just kind of lingers. We know that Mobley, right, we understand where the Cleveland Cavaliers are right now. That's mm-hmm. beneficial to him and his development. And certainly we we all know that the Raptors have literally the best development, you know, program in the NBA when you when you think about what they're able to produce and the growth that they always get internally. Yeah, fair. Um, I want to shift over to the game that we saw last night as well. Um, I don't know how much of Sixers Celtics uh, you were taking in, but uh, I was watching that game pretty closely and you know, they, I mean, they both look pretty impressive for different reasons, right? You look at a Sixers team, James Harden could just step back for like 15 points on threes. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the other end, you know, Tatum and Brown, I think, combined for 70 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you know, how, how much is how much gap do the Raptors need to make up to get to that level? Well, it's going to be interesting I, over the course of the, of the season to see um, Tatum and... Brown, this is their sixth year of playing together. Yep. And they did something last night. I think it was the third time, right, in the NBA that on opening night, two teammates, you know, dropped 35-plus. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I think that I think that they're there with them. You oh, know, okay. okay. You All know, right. like I, I – I like this. You know, like, like I, I, I – we know that they have had success against Philly – we know that they've had success against Boston. Yeah. And I go back to the bubble and, you know, that year the Raptors certainly, uh, if they had gotten past Boston game seven or whatever, they could have, you know, moved on and uh, maybe, you know, get back to the NBA finals. Last year, while it surprised many, mm-hmm. right, it didn't surprise me that they made it to the uh, first round and they've added, you know, some pieces as we already 
discussed. And, and I think that this is a team that, to your point, which you made earlier from a defensive standpoint, right, getting out, running, getting, you know, doing all the things that we know that is Raptors basketball. Like, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about who's getting the backup point guard minutes and all that because we've talked about now for a long time about getting defensive rebounds and everybody, you know, running out on the break and that they're not trying to play in the half-court game. And and teams try to get him into the half-court game. What I would look at is what I would describe as a pressure release. Like, they need every now and again a pressure release, and that is you have battled back. And more than likely, I'm the second unit, so let's see Gary Trent Jr. Is he running with that group more? Let's see how that group kind of plays itself out that press release is that we understand that the Raptors are going to get a multiple stops as let's say they're trying to build their way back into a game but can you knock down that three that just kind of goes yeah man I'm going to keep on playing some D here mm-hmm. you come down you know yeah you could get a two whatever but that three ball as we all know and they were middle of the pack three ball yeah and so if there's some improvement there to me it just goes you know a long long way um again I think that there's six teams in the East, and you can, we could sit here for hours, which I'd love to do, just debating each one of those yeah. um, teams. But I know we don't have that time. Well, you know what? But maybe later. Yeah, we'll do that at the arena when I see you in uh, a few hours. But yeah. Matt, thank you for your time. Thank you as always That's for great. joining us. Your wisdom. Um, I'm not going to promise to not overreact tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, but, uh... you will. You will. Okay. You are going to overreact. I know this. I just want yeah. you to know this. Okay. Yeah. Right? One of the keys to greatness is what? Consistency. Consistency, right? Consistency, just game in and game out. And one of the things that the Raptors are always really, what are they? They're consistent, right? Mm -hmm. They're consistent in their effort, and that gives them an opportunity to win. Yeah. All right. No, that's amazing that's, advice. That's pure wisdom. Uh-huh. Yeah. I gotta hit you up for that. You gotta do the three from Pacific Mall call this year. I, I, well, we're gonna get that. Keep pressure. We're gonna get that. You know, Pacific Mall's within the city. You know, this is just one of eighty-two. Please stop texting me. That's like a corner three, man. A bus goes to Pacific Mall. I already, I already look at. I'm looking down at the text right now, and yes, it's it says please shout out all the way. It's good. Appreciate you, Matt Devlin. Hey, thank you for having me on. We'll see you soon. All right, take care, guys. Awesome. All right, Alex. Uh, to wrap the show, we got to introduce a new segment. Um, you know, as the producer, I'm going to lean hard on you on this one. Oh, my God. Yeah, so on Raptors game nights this season, we have a new segment called Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Mm-hmm. So during the season, we're going to look at, um, you know, certain specific bets, maybe Raptors related or just generally NBA related. Um, I, I know you don't really know how to gamble. I'm a novice, and and uh, but you're experienced. Yeah, so we've, this is good. we've talked about yep. my dark days in my early 20s. Um, you know, many trips um, to the casino yeah. and things like that. But yes, great trips though. So um, I, I, you know, I'm gonna maybe we'll start off by by me suggesting some bets for you during the season to okay. start the season. Let's do it. Yeah, and, and then you know maybe once you find your footing. Mm. Um and, and your credit, mm. um then 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 you can uh, get into the get in on the action as well. A, a, a very generous with the credits. Yeah, it's a yeah. whole new game. It's a whole um, new game. So you know you know Matt Matt Devlin was was talking to us about where he sees the Raptors stacking up in the Eastern Conference, right? Mm. So I was looking on Bet Rivers and the Raptors are plus one thousand to win the Atlantic Division. But so this that's, you bet a hundred bucks, you got a thousand dollars back. Is that is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Because I bet fifty already. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, so, so this would require them to finish with a better regular season record 
than Philadelphia, Boston, mm-hmm. and Brooklyn. And I guess we'll throw New York in there. Yeah, as come well. on, man. New yes, York's in and, there. and the New York Knicks. You yeah. know, RJ Barrett's New York Knicks. Um, give me the scenario. The Nine God. Give <laughs> so me... I was made aware. His <laughs> yes, yes, is the yes. Nine RJ God. Barrett's new name is the Nine God now. Yeah. He really turned the six upside down. Apparently. Um, but yes, give me give me the scenario on how the Raptors can actually win the Atlantic Division this season. Um, they take care of business against under 500 teams. Last year, I think there were only like six games over 500 against under 500 teams. Usually, there have been seasons uh, in front of the program. Vivek Jacob brought this up last season, but there was there were times last season or in previous years where the Raptors would go like, I don't know, like 35 and five against under mm-hmm. 500 teams. So can you get? better at taking care of business on nights where you're not fully all the way there in terms of motivation. You know, it's like the Indiana Pacers are in town. The Charlotte Hornets are in town. The Detroit Pistons are in town. Please, can we take care of the Pistons? I think you do all that stuff. The Raptors already had a very competitive record against all the top teams last year. And Nick brings it up all the time, and I think he's right to. It's about taking care of business against some of the lower-tier opposition. Because, look, there's a lot of tanking teams this year. So you make sure you you, you got to help them get Victor Wembanyama, and you got to help the Raptors get to the first seed in the Atlantic. So yeah, and so I that's think a good bet. and I think you know how Draymond you know has that famous saying um, about, about although this is not what he will be remembered for now. Um, he but he had the famous saying of like eighty two game players and like sixteen game players, mm. right? Like separating the regular season and the postseason. And you know, for me, I'm looking at the Raptors as an eighty two game team. Yeah, right, versus right. the discussion of a sixteen game team in the yeah. playoffs is a whole separate discussion. Okay, so. All right, let's Anyways, do it. that that was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Everybody enjoy opening night. Yeah. Tonight, Blake Murphy Thursday, tomorrow, and then I'll be back on Friday with Jay Skeets as well. That's it. It's a great lineup. Great week to be back. And uh let's go Raptors tonight. Uh I'm trying to find the outro, and that does it for us today. I'm your host, Will Lou, and you were listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review our show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to Savannah Hamilton and to Matt Devlin for joining us in studio. Thanks to board producer Derek Randale and Jennifer Rollman for helping us with the YouTube stream. I'll talk to you tomorrow.